Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals one Mr. Joel Green here on the network. Thank you for joining me today. Darren, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I was connected with some of your representation about having you on, it's like, man, this guy has done a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> a lot of things going on. Like, of course, I feel like in every story, we got to know the origin. What's the origin story of Joel Green? Yeah. Uh, I have quite a bit of an origin story, man. Um you know, grew up in North Philadelphia, abandoned home. Uh, that humbled me very, very early. Uh, saw things early in life that I wouldn't wish for anybody to see or be around. Um, in the house was good, but externally, outside of the home and the neighborhood was a little difficult. Uh, I was 10 feet away from a shooting when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was the only person there outside of the kid that got shot in the two shooters. So um, just seeing a different side of life that most honestly never have to see uh, unless it's in the movie. You know, I saw those things early. Had a knife pulled out on me when I was nine years old because I was quote unquote in the wrong neighborhood. Uh, two white kids addressed me and I was hanging out with my cousin in her neighborhood. And um, it, it just, I saw life early. You know, that's that's, that's really what it came down to. And uh, have extremely loving family, you know, uh, as a teenager, unfortunately lost, you know, tragically lost one of my older brothers. Um, just had to learn how to persevere, man, and, and just had to just continue to find ways to be focused, uh, no matter what. It's just, it's, I had to develop this some type of mentality to where I just had to tell myself, just do it no matter what. And, um, that brought me to who I am today, man. I was able to get a Division One scholarship to college to play basketball and, and play professional basketball and, and now CEO of a, of a, of a company. And and my prize possession is, is my son. Uh, so most importantly, I'm a father, man. So that's that's my story in a nutshell. Man, you've told this before, clearly. You really, that was awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Though, yeah. so how do you see your relationship with your son based off of how you grew up and how you want that to go? I do my absolute best to, to, to shield him, man, um, from some of the things I had to go through. Not to block him from difficulty, mm -hmm. But in the ways I had to experience it, you know, I try to teach him some of the same lessons that I learned, many of the same lessons I learned, because they made me who I am and I'm, I love who I am. Uh, but in a different way, I try to teach them to him, you know, so it, it's he's better off, let's say, um, residentially than mm -hmm. I was growing up. But at the same time, I'm still teaching him how to be humble. You know, uh, whether that means taking him back to my old neighborhood, which I've done, or, you know, having us do community work, different things like that to where he still can get the same lessons learned uh, just in a different way. So for me, man, it's, it's so important for him to know those things, to have that common sense, Yeah. you know, um, which apparently I've learned over time isn't as common as we think, <laughs> you know, among people, but um <laughs> It's, it, that, that's how I operate, man, as far as coming from things as a parent. Yeah. How do you, you know, teaching humility and humbleness is interesting. 
how how have you i know you said you take your son back to different places how how do you breathe that into your son how do you do how do you do that with other people too that you meet to convey this sense of humbleness humility because sometimes i think that's somewhat lost in today's culture about that because so much of kind of this social intoxication is you're the celebrity in your own life and you it's all about me 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 how do you convey that within myself oh, man um i'm just relatable i do my best to just relate to people man it's, it's you know I'm, I'm not high-minded number one you know i'm very religious and and that's that's one thing humility is a big part of me being a christian yeah you know and so i i, I thank god every day for what i have and by just thanking God for what I have, just me being grateful, period. It Being grateful always reminds me that I didn't always have what I have. And, you know, that spirit of gratitude within me, man, it just keep, it keeps me naturally humble. Yeah. And I just go about that as I speak with other people. I'm never too, you know, uh, too busy, too, too busy to to help somebody, mm -hmm. you know, if, if I'm naturally busy or actually busy, okay, yeah, it's hard for me to do it. <laughs> but if I'm right there and I'm, I have the time to do it, that's it, it, even if I don't know you, yeah, you're not below me. Nobody's below me. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I'm so grateful, man, to where it just, that right there just keeps me humble, man. Yeah. I mean, what have you noticed about your growth as a person as you've aged from like, let's say when you start playing basketball, vision one to where you are now, what's changed the most about you? Um, how I go about things. Hmm. And what I mean by that is I, I assess things a little bit more now as opposed to impulsively just doing things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's probably a, a thing for a lot of people as far as the growth factor, but I know that's something I've recognized to where uh, I still have to contain it sometimes as far mm -hmm. as my excitement. If I have excitement on various areas, I want to yeah. kind of small, but at the same time, I, I have it more under control now to where it's like, you nope, know, you know what? Dive in on one, then tackle the next, or at least <laughs> get this one going. And then you can begin going over there. Um, you know, I speak to entrepreneurs often. So, I mean, that's one of those entrepreneurial things to where yeah. it's like, you, you're a, a serial entrepreneur before you even pursued the one venture, you know, because like, you have all these <laughs> different ideas. And I, so, for, so for myself, I've seen that area of growth within me from playing basketball and want to do a whole lot of things at the same time. You know, as a basketball player, want to get into businesses like you don't have time for all of that. Yeah, unless you have a whole team, and I didn't have a whole team. <laughs> I wasn't LeBron James where I could hire yeah. a management team. You know, so uh, that's been a, a great area of growth for me, where I'm still growing. Man, um, is to be able to just really allocate my time properly to my desires. Yeah. And you speak about entrepreneurship, like what's been the most difficult part of that uh, since you kind of gone into this direction in your life? Uh, as my business has grown, it's just been more so the delegation side of things. Mm. Um, that has, I've gotten a lot better with it. But uh, initially my business rapidly outgrew me mm. and I was trying to take it on on my own and it it told me <laughs> the business told me yeah. you know just by his movement this is not for you to handle yeah stop you know uh because it began to be overwhelming um now obviously that's a that's an answer to prayers like you wanted to be sure. that that you know that to happen but I had to then just really 
delegate so much of the tasks that I was taking on to other people, to my interns, to the other directors I have on board and things like that. And, and, and trust that I've trained them properly. That was the thing. Um, I had to grow in my trust for others that I was working with, especially for those that I bought on. And what made me really get better at it was I said, okay, if I don't trust them, I'm not doing my job properly to train them. So I either step it up in my training of them or I don't bring them on, you know, or I, I stop, you know, I cut part of my business off because I, you know, I don't trust others to handle it. So I just had to do my absolute best in training other people and uh, hold myself accountable for them doing a great job. Yeah, most definitely. And I believe you you do work with Nike, correct? And correct. how did that relationship start uh, with them? Yeah, so again, my company that I'm the CEO of is Pro Level Training. And we partnered with U.S. sports camps and Nike sports camps back in 2011, uh, right around the time where I stopped playing professionally uh, basketball-wise. And um, that started by way of us just putting on one camp over in New Jersey. And uh, and then we were able to grow our pro-level training camps across the country. We have uh, about 80 scheduled now. Okay. And so how has that relationship uh, been and since like what would be surprising or what surprised you about the relationship with Nike that maybe was different than you thought about or maybe it wasn't when you got into it? Um, it's not a ton that has surprised me to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty aware of quite a bit. I, I would say more so enlightened as opposed to surprised. Mm. Uh, just it, it's very they're welcoming. They're welcoming. Mm -hmm. Um, there's not a lot that's shunned as far as ideas and uh, creativity. You know, it's it's welcome, which has been one of the best things that I've I've noticed, and that makes me feel great because I'm one that has a lot of ideas. You know, as I already mentioned, I have yeah. a lot of I'm, I'm I'm creative, so I'm like, oh, how about this? How about that? And so the fact that those things are welcome with this partnership with Nike Sports Camps, that's a it's a great thing because they allow for you to grow. And as they grow and they allow you to help them grow. Yeah. I mean, is that something like in your experience, is it common to have that level of uh, kind of uh, welcoming approach to creativity or is it not usually the experience that you've had with that? I, I would say dealing with a, a major partner is not always, no, it's not yeah. that common. Uh, but the fact that they are a major partner and they are that welcoming and open to to, you know, new things uh, and growth as a whole, it's, it feels good. You know, it's comforting yeah. uh, because it allows you to feel comfortable within the relationship. It's a real, it's, again, it's a relationship. So, relationship, yeah. you know, that, that's super important. And so is it beyond just maybe the X's and O's of creativity? Is it also kind of like cultural creativity and uh, different issues and things of that nature? All of the above, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's inclusive, man. As far as just you know, again, cultural things and, and conversations, yeah. um, just so again, the the ideas. I'm big on. I, I can see how people and and businesses operate just based off of the converse, conversations they're willing to entertain, mm. and I like that. 
you know, even if the conversation doesn't lead anywhere directly just mm -hmm. yet, the fact that the conversation is even being entertained and held, that's a big thing for me, man. That's interesting because, I mean, that is kind of a, a point of contention if someone's not even willing to say, well, we're not even going to allow this or we're not even going to have this conversation. At least the door is open on some level. Right. Exactly. That right. Exactly. Yep. It, it may not be now, but at least they're willing to entertain mm -hmm. the, an idea for that. Exactly. I want to talk to you, too, about like your your basketball playing days. Uh, I was a collegiate athlete myself. Scholarship, so I, I, I know that I wasn't a professional athlete, but I have a lot of memories about being in that life <laughs> during the it's a very uh, different existence it's <laughs> than other it's the other college existence i like to call it which is definitely not right. that <laughs> how did that shape you how did that being in that environment help you grow well i mean you can relate to this but it, it helped you to to balance life right yes. you had to so much <laughs> right? yeah. just, like people that's one thing that you know you know, again, just the typical student body may not understand yeah. is the, the balance that we have to have as a student athlete. I'll be honest, we say student athlete, but realistically, yeah. we were athletic students. Like it was <laughs> yeah. like athletics first. Let's just you know be honest. It's true. Your class schedule <laughs> was scheduled around your sports practices by your sports academic Most advisor. Definitely. <laughs> so like that's what got you to the school. So the truth of the matter is, it would be nice if we were student athletes, yeah. but the sport got us there. Yeah. So um, it taught me balance um, to how to, how to multitask and how to prioritize uh, amidst having fun, amidst playing the sport, amidst yeah. working hard, amidst early morning workouts and practice before <laughs> class, having to still be fatigued and still go to class and, and try to stay awake and focus. So all of those things helped me now to say, okay, I got to get up early, have an early meeting. I did that since I was 19 years old, 18 yeah. years old in college. So those things, whether I directly link them or not, are linked to that time period. You know what? <laughs> it just made me think about all this stuff in my life. It was like, I remember my freshman year and I was like, we just had practice and I had this eight o'clock class. And I was exhausted. Like in the <laughs> class, just put my head down. Is that, and the I, I, right? Done You've done that, right? <laughs> I've done it. I've and done the it. professor takes me out of class. She goes, I totally get it. I know what you're going through. And she actually excused me from class. Just like, this That's is right. way different than everybody else in here. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, you have a That's job, right. like, and it's like job. never ending. <laughs> it's like... and, and now, you know, I, I'm so proud of the, again, the growth of yeah. the NCAA with now allowing collegiate athletes to be paid. Yeah. Because I, uh, that was something we would bring up when we were there. And I, you know, it's been, you know, what, close to 20 years since yeah. I've, you know, about 15 or so years since I've graduated. And we were saying it then because we were walking through the student centers and we would see the, the this is literally, this is an actual situation that happened. We were walking through one of the student centers, me and a couple of my teammates and a couple guys are playing, probably PS, I don't know, something at this yeah. probably PS2 at the time, who knows what. Yeah. But they call us over, like, hey, come here, come here. And we go over there and they're playing, they're playing with us on the game. Now, it's literally us. It has our, <laughs> our number, our face, everything, but they weren't allowed to put our actual names on the video game. They looked just like us, had our, our stats, had our yeah. height, our weight, everything, our hometown. They actually had our actual hometown, everything. This is on uh, the EA Sports EA Sports game. So we were like, man, we're we're on video games. They're selling our jerseys in the student store, yeah. the bookstore. 
we get nothing for this. <laughs> but we're bringing all of this ESPN as media attention to the school. And so I'm just, I'm happy that athletes are able to be compensated now because like you said, it's a job. It's, it's a it's, job. It's a job. Like you're the, no one, unless you're around other athletes, no one understands what you're doing. Like it's, it's so extraordinarily different from the college experience that other people are having. They just, I mean, you're, I mean, I remember I was literally out all day. Like, it's not like I had all this time on my hands. Where was the time? It was like literally scheduled by the minute over yep. and over. I was like, Oh my goodness. Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yep. I mean, that's, I've had other students. I've even had other faculty. I wish I had more teachers like you had. I, yeah. I did have a couple of those that yeah. really I had quite a few that really understood. Yeah. But I had others like, look, you're here for free anyway. <laughs> Deal with it and this and that. And I had the students saying, Are you guys shouldn't be getting paid anything? You know, your scholarship is is the yeah. payment. I'm like, it's not no, not really. No. I'm like, you no. also receive academic scholarship money here and you work on campus and get paid from that. I said, we got academics. We, we have yeah. sports scholarship money here. When we work on campus by way of all <laughs> activity, we don't get paid for that. Exactly. Said, so what are we getting on the, as far as on top of our scholarships? So it, I had a lot of those conversations back then. Oh, my gosh. You still people, too. I was like, well, over the summer, I would work as much as I could just so I had money during the year. And I was like, because I'm not allowed to work during the year. <laughs> I was right, like, right. you can work you anytime you time. want. I'm like, and, and when when I do it, I'm like, I'm, like, mm -hmm. I'm literally yeah. constantly doing this. I'm like, yeah. so it's, I was actually very happy too for athletes uh, with that. It was a long time coming. Yeah. And um, so, and what you're doing, are you working with collegiate athletes at this point or with uh, the camps and things of that nature, or is it a different high school athletes? More so uh, elementary through high school. Oh, elementary through high school. Yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. We have a lot of college players on board to help staff and coach and train. But uh, yeah, for our camps is more developmental, yeah, literally from ages five up to 18 yeah. years old. So this is interesting. I think like, what's the mindset of athletes in that age range in today's world? And is college part of that mindset or is it a different, is it a kind of social media mindset, like get paid through YouTube? I, I'm curious because I don't know. Uh, you know. Look, well, we, we, we sit a lot of our kids down in the classroom at our camps uh, and uh, as an actual station. So there's a two twofold reason. Number one, we want them to learn not just physically, but mentally, you know, as well, by just really sitting down, focusing on what this sport is about. Hey, let's watch some films so you can learn visually in that way. Um, but during that time, we also are giving them a break, you know, yeah. just from the physical activity. So they rotate from station to station into the classroom, out of classroom, and just keep that going. But we always ask them about their goals. We go over, we review goals throughout the week. And so many, just like you said, wants to be YouTubers. Like, it's yeah. amazing how many kids, you know, that's, that's the mindset. It's like, I want to be a YouTuber. We they we give them all books that they can, yeah. you know, write their goals in and things they want to get better at. YouTuber, YouTuber, <laughs> you know, social media per like it's it's amazing. Um wow. you don't hear you hear you don't hear college that often. You, you know, they skip that and kind of and go to the pros. They yeah. want to be a pro athlete for the, you know, those kids that really are into the sport. Um, but you hear digital media. Mm. So much, so much. It's amazing. Wow, that's in, man, that's a big change uh, from the past. Yeah. Do you have issues with like? I guess I'm thinking like, 
because there's people have their phones with them all the time. Is there like, do you ever have issues with people attending camp, like not using their phone or they're so stuck to it, you know, like. They are uh, many times in the beginning of the day, but they know phones have to be put away. So once, once they hear that horn, phones are down, you know, unless it's during lunchtime. Lunchtime, you can pick them back up. Same for the staff too. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. That's, so I, I tell the staff in our morning meetings, I don't have to say it every morning or anything, yeah. but day one, hey, look, phones can't be on it while we're overseeing these kids. Check them out before camp, during our, you know, our breaks. We got to go make a call, you know, sprint out. Let us know so we can cover your, yeah. your group. Um, but yeah, staff and camper, even for myself, you know, obviously I have to have my phone on because parents sure. will give us a call with yeah. me as a director, things like that. Only time my phone is truly out is if I'm filming what's going on at the camp, you know, yeah. for social media purposes, for, sure. you know, just to kind of have, just to take record of things. Yeah. Um, but that's really it. So, you know, the phone hasn't been a major issue. Honestly, that's I don't good. Really relaying that to the kids because they try. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll see it day one. You'll right. see it day one. But beyond that, it's not an issue at all. How do you think things would have been in your college playing experience, professional playing experience, if the phone was a major aspect of it and social media, right? Because you're in that time frame. I definitely was where this was not a large part of our life, you know? No, it wasn't a large part at all. I mean, Facebook was really, this was just after, I was in college when Facebook came about. That was yeah. my sophomore year of, of college in 2004 or so. So it, yeah. it, you know, MySpace was just coming to an end, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Facebook, <laughs> was was just starting it was like but you needed a dot edu to even be on it so mm -hmm. i remember when it was just for college students that's, that's when right. i first was on it and you know people still weren't really we were on it but we weren't yeah. like we weren't it wasn't a part of our day right that you know what i mean it was just something like oh let me check facebook but by that time it's like eight o'clock at night yeah you know you weren't thinking about it throughout the day no. and you know you, I think YouTube was created like the year before. So yeah. I, I remember being on YouTube a little bit more than even Facebook. Twitter wasn't yeah. exist yet. There was no Instagram. There was nothing else. It's wild. MySpace <laughs> was the only thing that was really around. So yeah, it would have changed things, man. I by the end of my college career, again, Instagram still wasn't even around just yet. But we were on Facebook a little bit more. So within a few yeah. years, it, yeah. it, you know, by my senior year, Facebook did become you know, kind of that thing you checked a couple times a day. Yeah. But I don't even think I had the app on my phone. I only yeah. checked it on my computer at the time. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I had a Facebook. It's funny to think about, right? Yeah. I don't think I had an app. I think it was like <laughs> on my computer. I would go to Facebook.com and check my profile. Um, but it would have really changed things a lot, man. I, I don't know. It's, it's a different age, man. Looking at these guys and the girls now. Yeah. They do things in sports just for the social media yeah you know and it's like eh, i don't like that you know yeah yeah it feels like but, maybe it's like almost fabricated like i'm doing this intentionally for this platform but i normally it. would never do this maybe right you know i'm not a fan of that side of it you know um because it's just not authentic you right. know and, and i i know me in college that wouldn't have been me I may have done some things for fun, like, all right, check out this cool dump, you know, something yeah. like that. But, you know, yeah, I see it differently now with some of the athletes I've worked with. Yeah. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of you know, co collegiate athletes. 
Um, but yeah, it's different, man. It would have it. I've had some personalities on my team too, so I know I would have yeah. had some guys on my team <laughs> just for social media, you know. But it, it would have been different. Do you think that it's helped you uh, that you, like myself, didn't or hurt you that you you didn't have that at that phase of your life? That like you're like I know how what it wasn't what it was like without this, and now I I know what it's like to be in the center of the storm of this mm -hmm. uh, for that. How what's your perspective on that? Is good bad like? Uh, it could have helped a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could have helped a little bit more, you know, really marketing myself coming out of college because mm -hmm. I was I was undrafted. So that could have been a, a greater marketing tool for myself to show footage, to show clips and mm -hmm. highlights, things like that, to get in touch with agents who I didn't have the number to, right. but they're right on line already at this point through these apps. So it could have definitely helped. It would have helped. I would have made sure it helped because I would take advantage of it. Um, but it didn't hurt me. Yeah. You know, like I said, it would have helped. So it would have been a plus, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a minus that right. it, it wasn't around because it, it, I was focused and yeah. I, it could, so it going along with that plus the minus along with that plus could have been, it could have distracted me a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, um, I wonder how, do you ever think about the future of this with athletes? Like, because it's, it's so, it feels like it's rapidly changing all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you stay up to date with the rapid change in technology, plus the NIL, plus, you know, you know, kids growing up in a different generation mm -hmm. and relating to them with that, with all this rapid change? The rapid change, man, is, is uh, it's amazing because it really, really is rapid now. Yeah. I, I, again, people may argue that it's always been that rapid. Mm -hmm. Doesn't feel like it. I'm telling I don't feel, you. I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I've, I've heard both sides. And I don't think so. It's ramping up even faster now. Yeah. Like we are seeking change at a different rate. And we're and the and the issue I find with that is, and it's unfortunate, is we're hardly ever grateful for any period of time. Mm. Extended period of time. And mm. because we're always looking for the next change or the next upgrade yeah. or the next update. And it's like, dude, we we just got that. <laughs> Like, can I enjoy it? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of like a feature on a phone. Like, I, I just get a new feature, and all of a sudden, my phone is asking for a software update. I'm like, wait, I don't need to upgrade just yet or update because I'm still enjoying the way my phone is now. You're going to change things and make me uncomfortable because I'm not going to yeah. know. So, yeah, it's so rapid now. So where it's 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 a little, you know, it's a little uh, eerie. Um, yeah, because it's just it's. Where are we going to be next? You know, right? Oh, like what is the mentality? I mean, you think about yourself. I think about myself. Is the mentality of what an athlete wants to accomplish the same coming up now versus then? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Is the mentality of what of trying to get the best out of themselves? Yeah. Yes. Because there's so much surface improvement that they look for beyond mm. just true internal. You know, just I'm going to make sure my result is what matters most. Here's what I've noticed. And I mean this, too. The results of the athletes today, they're not of all athletes, of course, but sure. so many. Let's, let's even dive in on the whole social media component. because It's hard to remove that. But the results of so many athletes, the end result is not the most important thing. The most important thing is how I look right now. And it's like. 
as long as they get the, the love on how they look right now, they stop pursuing the end result because they're so pleased in the moment because they're getting all the love they want. They want it in the moment to where they stop working as hard as they possibly could mm. to have a greater end result. Back in the day, it wasn't just about how you look right now because everybody didn't see how you look right now. Right. You know what I mean? But we know everybody sees this right now with a verification. Yeah. You're 15 years old and you're verified on these social platforms. You're able, they're able to see you. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's as much as you would love to make sure you have a great end result. To so many, it doesn't matter. Huh. You know, they don't even consider it. Uh, and wow. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, with athletes, I, I've, I've, I've come to our camps. They they want to have the phone and kind of show themselves, and it's yeah. like that's one of the kids that don't even work that hard. Yeah, but they're on there doing crossovers to make it seem like they're working hard. <laughs> seem like, seriously, that's wow. like basketball camp. You yeah. know, out here doing my thing. It's like you did it for one day. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it's, it's again, but we didn't have that back then. Yeah, so that wasn't even a part of our operating. We just we operated with a more extended desired end. Yeah, it wasn't just a today's desired end. So the mentalities are just, they're vastly different in my opinion, because I feel like we worked harder back then. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that would be difficult to deal with, honestly. Like, it's like, if the outcome doesn't matter, then what's, right. how do you motivate someone exactly. when the outcome I mean, that, is not that important? That's, that's the, that's what I love about what I do. Okay. That, you know, so what most may see as, as a challenge, that's the challenge that I love the most because I, I know it's a challenge mm -hmm. for the kids. It's, it's a challenge more for them than it is for me to motivate them. Right. You know what I mean? Because they have to deal with like literally not thinking beyond next week because they just <laughs> hope to get the views this week or they hope to get the love and appreciation this week and they hope they kind of get some attention. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They hope they just get attention, attention. this yeah. week. And it's like, stop worrying about the attention. It don't matter. You take care of business now. You take care of business tomorrow, take care of business the next day, the next week, you will get all the attention you deserve. Yeah. Right now, you just don't deserve it. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, you yeah. Don't deserve it yet. <laughs> so stop trying to seek something you don't deserve yet. Once you get, once you deserve it, trust me, I promise you, I can guarantee you, you will get it. Yeah. Is that attention? Um, do you think there's a lack of attention in other areas and maybe that? child's life that they're seeking this attention so rapidly so that so earnestly or I, maybe i'm wrong about that i'm just curious what your thoughts are on that it could be but i i, I dare say that's not you know the case the majority of the time mm -hmm. now obviously that could definitely be the case you know to where it's like you know if you don't get it here so you're gonna seek it elsewhere yeah but i think it's more so the pressure of every the peer pressure the pressure you know, yeah the fact that Everybody is seeking this attention. Mm. So I don't want to be left out and not, and also not get views or likes or attention. Yeah. So just based off of that alone, even if they're receiving the perfect love from their parents and siblings at home, they can still desire all this other external attention because yeah. they're supposed to get it at home in their eyes. Like yeah. they're supposed okay. to get it. So they don't pay too much attention to that stuff that they're supposed to get. But what about this other stuff that is a bonus on top of what I'm supposed to get? Yeah. You know what I mean? My friends are getting all this love. I want, I want that too. And that's, you know, it's a sad thing because yeah. like 
you gotta you gotta appreciate what you do have um and not depreciate that stuff uh because it can be so detrimental but yeah i think that it's the peer pressure man that yeah obviously we've been talking about peer pressure since we were young you know yeah of course like that and just different yeah. things but the peer pressure is so it just looks so different now. It looks different. Yeah. yeah. That's what it feels like. It's 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 it looks different, but it operates similarly. Right. On that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's like the the attention is what cigarettes used to be for us. Yeah. Like don't do drugs or don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like don't do that. But now it's like don't see the tension. Like it's it's the same type of drug. Yeah. You know? Right. It consumes it consumes. It's consuming, people. yeah. Yeah. It's almost even more effective because it's almost consuming all people. Like, it's not like, oh, these Absolutely. are the trappings of young Absolutely. people. No, it's yep. the trappings of all humans. Everybody. <laughs> it's affected Look, all humans. I have had to get off of social media. Now, I've done this in the past, but this time I didn't do it in recent months. Yeah. Like, you can look, I'll, look I, I'll say it now. You can look at my Instagram and see how many posts I've put up recently in the recent months. It's, it's, it's not many. Yeah. I had to take a break for myself because I didn't want to be in that trap. I started feeling it. Yeah, I said, yeah. Oh, let me get out of here. <laughs> let me like let, let me just I literally I deleted I did delete, you know, the yeah. app for for about a week cuz I, I just I really wanted to just give myself yeah. my time, meaning being a great father, taking care of business, doing what I got to do cuz I felt I started to feel the obligation mm. from people that weren't even requesting this and I, I was acting as if they needed it. Yeah. Now, I do feel that my message is needed. Absolutely. But it got to the point to where I pressured myself mm. based off of what my peers thought. Yeah. And I'm like, whether they think it or not, I can't put their process or what they expect over my, my feelings, yeah. my expectations, and what I expect of myself is to be at peace. Yeah. And when I didn't have that peace, I said, I got to get off of this thing. I'm now allowing other people to control me. That's yeah. not even trying to control me. <laughs> I put the pressure on myself. Right. It was great. So I, I, I'm telling you, I, I told myself, post when you feel like posting. And yeah. just interact when you feel like interacting. And it, 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 it helped me so much to just regain the peace and I'll begin posting again soon. Sure. But it just really, I just needed time. So like you said, it's, it's, it's everyone. It's everyone. Across the board. It's, 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 it's amazing, man. I mean, literally all ages, it affects people all from ages. very young to uh, elderly people. Yep. And it's funny, I've, and I've gained a lot of data doing this, just talking to people. I mean, I've done almost over 600 episodes of talking to people like this and the consensus is i'm exhausted by this mm -hmm. and but also the really interesting second thing is i don't want to do this but i feel like i have to mm. it's like this weird uh right. battered relationship right <laughs> it's, it's it's like, amazing. right. i don't want to do it. this i don't want this i never heard so many people say i do not want to do this but you know i kind of have to i'm like wow you're like in an abusive relationship <laughs> like, That's it's crazy That's funny. right Right, it's, literally, it's, what it is. <laughs> right, you're 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 two people, like you said. Is one side of you is here, the other side of you is here. I get it. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy, it's, man. That's and that's where it's 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 the the best thing to do is to catch it. You catch know, it. like yeah, catch it and realize it, recognize it. Because <laughs> if you don't, 
again, that consumption is it's, 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 it's scary. It can lead to depression and yeah. just different things, anxiety and all those, all that bad yeah. stuff that we tend to not, we don't, we don't bring it all on ourselves, Yeah. but so many of those things that we, we, we encourage, believe it or not, Yeah. you know, we, we encourage various anxieties and, and depressions to, to, we give them place. I'll put it that way. Yeah. You give them place and they don't have to have place. And that's one thing to where I, I, I catch, you know, I've written about recently in my book and as far as like, I have to make sure in these moments that are maybe, that may be spiraling or potentially spiraling, yeah. I got to be aware. I must be aware while it's happening. Yeah. And as long as I'm aware while it's happening, I'm able to stop it. I'm able to catch yeah, it. That's right. That feels like that would be, it's also hard to teach, um, like youth, younger people. It was just yeah. so in the moment. Right. It's right. like, oh, you want to have views and all these things. I'm, I've talked to many big YouTubers and stuff. And it's like, there's a level of unhappiness there that's very common. It's like, if all you're doing is posting all the time and doing videos, at some point, I've talked to a lot of these folks, they're not sure they want to do it. Yeah. And they're making tons of money and stuff. It's the concept is like, this is not going to give you ultimate happiness. In right. your life, this is right. this has nothing to do with me, like fulfilling meaning in your right. life. And that's what's most important, man. That's what I've realized, and that's where I'm conscious and I'm aware more than ever. In my opinion, mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Of course, I'm not perfect. But I am becoming more aware of what makes me feel good, man. Mm. What brings me more peace, greater peace, greater love for myself greater love for what's around me, gratitude and just gratefulness. And those are the things that I'm entertaining more than I ever had before. Yeah, man, that's, I mean, that's what it's about. I feel like I mean, you can become, become online, <laughs> you know, it's weird kind of a thing, right? You yeah, become yeah. online about your life mm -hmm. and you restart. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Mm, you know, I'm going to make better decisions when you become online. I feel yeah. like for, for kids, I try to do it with my daughters, like, let's be aware of this. Mm -hmm. and like we can talk about all these things. It's like, but what is the decision making going to be based off of your awareness? Because it's one thing to be aware and then to keep doing something that's not great for you. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Completely agree, man. And that's one thing to where I've had to check myself on. Yeah. Like, look, if you know it, man, just look, stick to your guns, be strong about it. Don't do it. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't put time toward that thing because you know, it's going to take away from the other thing you ought to be yeah. putting time to or, it may burn you out and you won't have the energy for what you ought to be doing. It's small things. It's just like, all right, if you're aware of it, man, just be disciplined. Yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, lastly in this, like about your book and kind of the, the process of what that was like for you. My book, man, it's, it's, it's a prized possession, you know, of mine. I mean, not just because I wrote it and not just because it's out, but because I know what I put into it. Uh, six years of writing. I put it that way. Wow. Uh, since 2016, I, I released it in 2022. Now, it wasn't like it was continuous writing, but it was, it was a process of initially just putting thoughts on a Word document Yeah. In, back in 2016. And I came up with the title, Filtering, in 2016. When I, I was speaking this from the stage, I would mention different things. People, oh, you have a book? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't have a book. <laughs> I, would, I would say that so many times that they wanted to hear more detail about things yeah. that I mentioned from the stage. And... um. 
it just it was a, it was a process, and I would have these spurts of of just mass writings, and then I would have spurts of no writing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it wasn't even that I was inspired. So I was doing a lot of reading as well. I was reading nine books every three weeks in wow. 2016. I, it was I Jeez, was man. <laughs> Yeah, I was ingesting so much, and uh, like literally every three weeks, I, yeah. I was nine books. Oh. I would go online and I would order about twenty books, and I would just I I was salivating. I couldn't wait to get yeah. through it. I would have you know st stacks of like three or four, right? And I was I just couldn't wait <laughs> to like, just get through them. I would take notes on them. I would highlight, yeah, use dog ears pages, things like that. And um, I just went through a period of again a whole lot of writing. And I told myself at one point, there were a few things that I wanted to write about, but I also wanted to learn a little bit more about. Now, I knew my life experience on those different topics and areas, but I also wanted to get other viewpoints and perspectives on those areas. So yeah. I did a lot of reading. So I took a couple of years to just dabble with writing and do a whole lot of studying. So that added on to the time right there. Then I began to get into a great writing flow. A great writing flow in 2019. I actually start off my book uh, with kind of a quick story, but great writing flow from like 20 mid 2018 throughout 2019. Then this thing starts to happen to where we're hearing something in China and yeah. Italy. It's like, what's going on? What's this in the air? And um, the the pandemic, you know. So it was like I paused on purpose. I said, yeah. "What is this?" I I wanted to include it in the book, but I didn't know how to. So I'm like, I don't know what this is. Is it going to be like an outbreak? Is it going to be yeah. like, like something like in the movies we've been seeing? Or, yeah, you know, yeah. what's going on? So I literally told myself on purpose, take a break, still write down your inspirations. You know what I mean? Just contribute to the word document that you have, which was already a ton of pages. <laughs> you know? And um, just take a pause and see how this thing pans out so you can include it. Uh, and, and as I began to see truly what it was during shutdown, yeah, things like that, as right when we came out of shutdown, when things opened back up, that's when I got on a, I put myself on a writing schedule and it was so consistent daily. I would wake up in the morning, four or five, and I'm so, I'm writing, writing, writing. Before I went to sleep at night, writing, writing. I had a, um, I, put, I think I put myself on a word count goal okay. per day, per day. And um, that really helped my process. So for me, it wasn't just, you know, I didn't want to start writing a bunch of fluff, but I did want to ensure myself that, you know, I knew overall roughly a word count, roughly for the total book. And I said, okay, make sure you're doing this per day. Don't cut it, you know, uh, don't cut yourself short um, or don't even try to force it if you're not naturally inspired. But here's your goal for each day. Yeah. And I would many times, most of the times I would exceed it because I'm just writing. You know, and it put me on such a flow, man, to where I, I was I was able to bang out, you know, 40 percent of the book within months. You know, I already had about, like I said, 50 to 60 written over the course of probably right. four or four years. But I, I knocked out the last 40, 40 plus percent of that book um, within months because I, I was in, just I was inspired. I knew exactly what I needed to put in this thing. The pandemic was a big perspective changer. Mm -hmm. I finished the book. It's uh the last chapter is called Filtering the Pandemic. Mm. Wow, man. Sounds like a, a an interesting journey in in writing. 
uh, with that and going through something big, all these big changes in life, it certainly creates a different feeling about things. So one, I wanted to say thank you for giving me some of your time, Joel. I really appreciate it. I mean, enlightening. Right, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I love all this conversation about different things going on, especially with youth and things of that nature. I, I'm just curious. You know, the further I get away from that time in my life, the more I want to know what's happening now. Because <laughs> I'm right, like, right, I'm right. not there anymore. Like, right. <laughs> you know, it seems like forever ago exactly. for that. But how can people get your book and connect with you a bit more? Uh, you can find my book, uh, Filtering the Way to Extract Strength from the Struggle. Uh, you can find that on Amazon.com. You can find it on BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, and also, you can reach out to me and contact me via social media. I'm on Facebook, Joel Green or Joel B. Green Official. Uh, Instagram, J Green PLT. That's J A Y Green PLT. And uh, definitely would love to connect. Awesome. Joel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. I appreciate it.